Can you handle the truth? The informative voice for Christianity, The Marty Mento Show. Well, welcome back to The Marty Mento Show podcast. I am your host, Marty Mento, the so-called blue-collar theologian. If you would like to uh, share your thoughts, your views on these topics that we talk about here on the podcast, you can go to my email address, Marty Minto. It's Marty with a Y, Minto's M-I-N-T-O, at gmail.com. Or you can respond to the stories on our Facebook page, The Marty Minto Show, on Twitter, The Marty Minto Show, and on Instagram, The Marty Minto Show. We, we give you all these different ways and means of being a part of of this all-new Marty Minto Show podcast. And again, I'm delighted to be with you here today. A lot to talk about, a lot of things to go over. As always, I want to remind all of you out there who download, who listen to this podcast, uh, the three purposes we're trying to accomplish each time we do a podcast is to learn, teach, and defend. Learn the Word of God. Learn exactly what God has to say about the topics, the subject, the things that we're dealing with so that we're able to teach other people and teach it correctly, accurately, and also that we're able to defend the faith. We are living in the last days, and it is getting worse, and the battles, the great battles, are going to be taking place within the visible church because of the rise of false teachers. And uh, a lot of people believe a lot of different things today, but doesn't mean what they believe is true. It doesn't mean it's accurate. So again, learn, teach, defend. And we're going to do our best to do that. Hey, I want to give a shout-out today. This is kind of, well, it's. I think you'll get it here in just a moment. I'll give a shout-out to a uh, wonderful couple. And they're a wonderful couple because it's my son and daughter-in-law. And uh, they are the owners of Mama Minto's Pizzeria. They're located at 109 East Broad Street in Iva, South Carolina. And so to Mike and Amanda and the girls, we are just grateful uh, that you listen, that you support the Marty Mento Show podcast. And again, folks, you're looking for great pizza. I kid you not. Hand-tossed, just great sauce, great cheese, great dough. Uh, It's a three-day process on their dough. But they also have weekly specials also. Uh, Well, they'll do spaghetti and meatballs and lasagna. And uh, they have sandwiches and uh, great drinks. I, I just tell you right now, Mama Minto's Pizzeria, if you're ever in Iva, South Carolina, you got to stop by. They have a Facebook page, Mama Minto's Pizzeria. Check them out. But, uh, again, most importantly, make sure you stop and say hello. I'm excited because last night my, uh, well, I don't know what I would call him, my logo designer, my web designer, a gentleman, a brother in Christ who has been uh, with me uh, through many travels along this journey called life for many years, Pastor Jim. Uh, Pastor Jim once again has created some brand new logos for the Marty Mento Show podcast. You'll begin to see them on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. I just want to give a shout out to him and, and just thank you, brother, for all that you do. He is just, uh, he's a mighty man of God, first and foremost. Uh, he, he's a great husband, great father, a great leader in the church. Uh, but God has gifted this guy. And I'll tell you right now, the stuff that he does just absolutely just amazes me each and every time. So you'll be seeing some things change, uh, and it's it's for the good. And we're looking forward to that. So again, I just want to give a shout out uh, to him. Uh, and thank you, Brother Jim, for all that you do. Well, today we are not short by any means of conversation of things that are taking place. 
Uh, matter of fact, uh, I'm, I guess not amazed, but I knew this was coming. And I said to myself, you know what, i got to start out of the gate here today talking about what I knew was going to happen. Headline news, news in the Christian Post, gay UMC pastor to conduct same-sex weddings despite traditional plan passage. Uh, an openly gay pastor in the United Methodist Church said he will conduct same-sex weddings despite the denomination's recent vote to maintain its view that homosexuality runs counter to the gospel and will enforce tougher punishments for violating church discipline. Pastor Mark Thompson, a 61-year-old father of three, is a pastor of Central United Methodist Church in Lansing, Michigan, who has lived openly as a homosexual for the past 10 years, according to WKAR. Since the UMC Book of Discipline considers homosexuality incompatible with Christian teaching, Thompson said it had been hard for him to stay celibate and ignore his desire to be in a same-sex relationship. Although he will continue to refrain from being in a romantic relationship, Thompson doesn't believe that other Christians who are the same-sex attracted should be required to live celibate lives. Thompson said he will now perform same-sex wedding ceremonies despite the passing of the traditional plan Excuse me, that was at the special session of the UMC General Conference in St. Louis, Missouri just last week. And uh, again, this traditional plan has bolstered the 12 million member denomination stand against homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and the ordination of non-celibate same-sex attracted pastors. Included in the plan was a vow to better enforce the denomination's rules, considering some UMC pastors are in openly gay relationship and marriages. Uh, I, I tell you right now, uh, this just troubles me. I remember many years ago, 10 years ago, maybe even longer, when I was doing Christian talk radio, I time and time again would bring this out. And some people would say, you know, it seems like you're always talking about this issue of homosexuality in the church. I, I saw it coming. I'm no prophet, but I saw it coming. I saw the signs, the symptoms of things that were going on uh, with invisible Christendom at the time. And I tried my best to warn people uh, all the time when I was on radio that it's coming. And when it comes, it's going to come like a tsunami. And I think the tsunami is here, folks. And uh, even though I am excited and I'm glad for the United Methodist Church and their decision, I found out from folks in the last couple of days who are a part of the United Methodist Church, the victory was by a narrow, very narrow margin. And they made it clear to me that this is not an issue that's going to go away. Uh, the battle is going to get more fierce is what's going to happen. You know, I thought to myself, and I put this on my Facebook page, and I really mean this. Uh, you have a picture of this man here, Pastor Thompson. He's holding up a sign uh, that has all the colors of the rainbow, and he says, I am a gay pastor. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, when I look at this, for what it is, and I just take the time and say, okay, this is what this guy is saying here. I'm a gay pastor. I come to realize something that he basically is, you know, holding up a sign saying, you might as well say, I'm living in sin. So what? See, see that's the real issue of all of this. Now, I, you know, I've heard the arguments time and time again, we are sinners who are saved by grace. And that is true. 
But the real issue at hand is whether or not homosexuality is sin in the eyes of God. And to be a man who claims to be one who will shepherd God's people, one who will open God's word and proclaim God's truth, will bring forth God's gospel, and to declare, hey, listen, I'm gay, I'm living in sin, and I basically don't care. You know, it reminds me of the passage of Scripture that in Jesus in the Olivet Discourse. Well, he made it clear that, you know, there's going to come a time, he painted a picture, when really there is not going to be any fear of God. Men are going to continue in their wickedness. It's going to get worse. Uh, Paul wrote about it in Romans chapter 3, uh, that in the last days this will be the picture. The picture will be again. There will be no fear of God before their eyes. They will do what they want to do. And that is exactly what is happening here. And so on my Facebook page, you know, I I posted this, and I did so on purpose because I want to find out the thoughts of people out there. I got a lot of people uh, already contacting me and saying, Marty, uh, you're probably going to hear from our relatives, our friends. Uh, There are more and more people that we know whose sons and daughters, couples that have been in relationships and marriage for years upon years, are quote-unquote coming out. And they get angry about this stuff. And see, the key is not to be angry. The key is to reason with people from the Word of God. And so so the key is here that we have to really ask the question, is homosexuality sin? Sin is what separates us from God. Now, we know based upon God's Word, and I was thinking about this earlier today as I was preparing for the show, I was thinking to myself, you know, we know as Christians— that Christ came to redeem us, to save us, to rescue us from sin, because the wages of sin is death. Men are going to be separated from God. Uh, They are going to be separated from God from all eternity unless they repent and believe. They put their faith, their trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone for their salvation. He is the only one who can rescue us. He is the only one who can truly reconcile us with God the Father. He is the only one who can uh, truly redeem us, uh, bring about and declare us forgiven, and, and or I should say God himself, the Father, will declare us justified, forgiven, because we have placed our faith, that saving faith, which is a gift from God, in his Son, Jesus Christ. But the truth of the matter, and Paul dealt with this in the Scriptures, especially in the book of Romans. You know, Romans is a powerful book, but um, Paul dealt with this issue that uh, we as Christians, we cannot continue to live in sin. We don't have a right to continue to live in sin so that grace may increase. Paul said, may it, may it never be. How shall it be that we who died to sin still live in it? I mean, I mean that's the bottom line. Then you go to the book of 1 John. 1 John, I, that is one of the, you know, people quite often will ask me the question, how do I really know that I am who I claim to be? I, I tell people, read the book of 1 John, because 1 John reveals an awful lot. But in 1 John, what we find in 1 John that is becomes something that we really need to just take hold of is if we are living in sin, truly living in sin, then we don't know God. That's 1 John chapter 3. See, everyone who has this hope, and our hope is... Jesus. Everyone who has this hope, uh, fixed on him, purifies himself just as he is pure. See, see, 
the truth of the matter is we don't want to be living like the rest of the world. We have been changed. We have the Spirit of God living in us now. We are born from above, born again. We are a new creature. The old is past. The new has come. All the new is from God, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. But here in 1 John, John says, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins, and no one who sins has seen him or knows him. Now, and you could go on and on and on here. I don't want to get real preachy. I just want to be honest with you. When we open up the Word of God, that's the question that we have to ask. And I have asked people, after people for years upon years, uh, who claim to be Christians, who claim also to be living in homosexuality, answer the question, is homosexuality sin? Well, remember yesterday on the program we talked about uh, the three aspects of the law. You have the ceremonial law, you have the civil or judicial law, but then you also have the moral law. Well, in the moral law, in Leviticus, you will find if you study the moral law and understand what God has to say about sexual sin. Now, I want to make this clear because I try very loud and clearly to make everyone know this. When we talk about sexual sin, we're not just talking about homosexuality. See, there's a lot of people that say you're homophobic. See, this is what's wrong with Christians. You're homophobic. I am homophobic. Matter of fact, I'm not ashamed to tell anybody I am homophobic. Uh, A phobia is a fear. I am fearful for homosexuals because according to the Word of God in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, those who practice homosexuality, those who live in homosexuality, who have not repented of their sins and put their faith, their trust in Jesus Christ and have been truly changed, God says they have no share in his kingdom. They are going to experience God's wrath, his judgment in a place called hell. So I am homophobic. I am also phobic about other sexual sins. And I'm not sure you've ever taken the time to read Leviticus chapter 18. But in Leviticus chapter 18, you may be absolutely positively blown away to come to realize how many different sexual sins are mentioned in Leviticus 18. Now, I am not an expert because when I say that in the sense that I I, I have to go back and I always like to check, recheck, recheck again, recheck, but I think I'm pretty good here by telling you that it is about right around 25 sexual sins that are mentioned in the book of Leviticus chapter 18. 25 of them. Now, one of the 25 is homosexuality. And see, I don't think people understand that. Because I I hear people say quite often, you know, I hear pastors in a pulpit, they love to go after the homosexuals. You talk show host, you who do podcasts, you love to go after the homosexuals. What about those who are committing adultery in the church? You know what? It's a great point. As a matter of fact, it's an excellent point. Because when it comes to sexuality and what God has given to us, sexuality, sex must remain within the marriage bed between one man, one woman, husband and wife, period. Anything outside of that is sin in the eyes of God. 
sin. And see, that's where people just don't want to deal with it. Because, you know, they'll say, hey, listen, I have these desires. And just like this pastor here. I mean, I mean, once again, he, he made it clear that, that he has a desire to be with another man. And he has tried his best to live celibate. You know, but he obviously wants to be with other men. He wants to be in a same-sex relationship. This is sin at work in the lives of people who are lost. Or it could be the fact that it's working hard and against the people who are Christians, but they recognize the great battle. Somebody, a dear brother, was talking with me today, was talking about Romans chapter 7, uh, where Paul talks about the battle within. Uh, We know in the book of Galatians chapter 5, the spirit and the flesh have nothing in common. They're at odds with each other. But when it comes to those who don't know Christ, the very first thing we have to do is we have to look at the truth. Is that what you desire? Is that what you long for? Is it sin in the eyes of God? I hear all the excuses and all the stories and the things, and and some of them seem to be so compelling. I was born this way. I have felt this since I was a young kid. Uh, That really is not the issue. All men are born sinners. All men, uh, you know, there, there are certain aspects of all men that we gravitate to certain sins. But we have to recognize that what we're gravitating to is sinful. It's against God. It's against his word. It's against his character. All sin is against God. But see, many people just don't want to go there. They just don't want to deal with it. They don't want to you know, talk about it. They, they want to stay away from it. They want to find a way to justify it. They'll use the arguments, God is love, and since God is loving, how could he condemn? How could he want us to be unhappy? The whole nine yards. The issue is sin. It's what God's judgment came against Adam in the garden. Adam being the federal head of man, God's judgment was, because of sin, here's what's going to happen. You're going to die. And death is really comes to us in three ways, spiritually. I mean, Adam's relationship with God changed. Um, It is physical, because men are going to return to the dust of the earth, return to the ground. And remember, Adam and Eve, they'd never experienced, they had no idea really what death was going to be totally about. But the third thing was, death is that which is separation, and that separation is eternal. So again, because man could not find a way or make a way or provide a way to rescue, save, or reconcile himself with God, God's the one who had to, first of all, reconcile himself with man and provided, provide to man that which would allow man to be reconciled to him, which we know is his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. I've asked a lot of people over the years this question, and um, sometimes I get no response because I know what the answer is because they know what the answer is. I said, if we were to look in the Bible at every place that we could find that distinctively, specifically mentions homosexuality, does God ever speak about homosexuality in a positive manner, in a positive way, it being a good thing? And quite often, as I said, I will get people who will either walk away, they won't answer, they'll look at me, 
Because the answer is straightforward, no, it doesn't exist. Homosexuality all throughout the Bible is spoken about in a negative way. It is a sin that God warns people. He warns them. And we also see in the Bible examples. We see that there is penalty within man himself, in his flesh, for homosexual acts. We also see that, you know, what took place at Sodom and Gomorrah, what happened. We also see very definely that God created woman for man, not men for men, or a woman for a woman, or a child for a man, or a child for a woman, or an animal for a man, or an animal for a woman, and the list goes on. And you'll read about all of that if you study Leviticus chapter 18. Now, I, I'm going to share this with you real quick because I, I don't want to go too, too deep into this today, but I knew this was coming. This is going to be a battle. And I think it's going to be a fierce battle, and you're going to see a split. I'm not a prophet. You're going to see a split in the United Methodist Church. I believe what you're going to find is you're going to find a new denomination that's going to begin, or a new group of people that are going to unite, and they are going to be the they are going to consider themselves Methodists. They're going to be the liberal arm, but they're really going to be the non-biblical, non-scriptural arm of the United Methodist. That's what you're going to see happen. It's it's coming. It's just a matter of when it takes place. But I want to share this with you real quick. And one of these days, we'll do a whole entire podcast. I'll get some guests, uh, maybe even the author of this book. If you are struggling with homosexuality, if you have a loved one who is struggling from homosexuality. I want to tell you about a book. Now, this is going to blow you away when I tell you this, but this book uh, was written back in, I'm looking here, I'm thinking it's about 20 years of age. It was written in 1996, put out by Harvest House Publishers, and the title of the book is called A Strong Delusion, Confronting the Gay Christian Movement by Joe Dallas. This is one of the books, and there have been many other books written about homosexuality. Dr. James White from Alpha and Omega Ministry, he co-authored a book about homosexuality, great book. There's many others out there that are great. This book, though, is, you know, as I mentioned earlier, some people have called me over the years the blue-collar theologian. I, I haven't titled myself that, but people said that you, you kind of just bring things down to earth where we, you know, our simple folk, our, our blue-collar workers can understand. Well, this book is a book that you'll understand. It's called A Strong Delusion, Confronting the Gay Christian Movement by Joe Dallas, and again, it's put it out, put out, excuse me, by Harvest House. You gotta get this book. If you're listening to me and you're struggling, you gotta get this book. Joe Dallas uh, was one who fell into sin and homosexuality for many, many years. Uh, he repented, he put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He's married today, has children, he's older, uh, but, but I'm telling you, this guy's a wonderful brother in Christ. This book is a powerhouse of a book. Now, I haven't spoken to Joe in years, but I'm thinking about trying to get him on for a special program or two here on the Marty Minto Show podcast, which I think would be helpful to everyone out there. This is a real issue, a real issue that is a part of the visible church today. Remember yesterday I told you that the you know, in the last days, the real battle is going to be within the church, false teachers. This is one of the biggest, if not the biggest battle. And it is raging. And it is raging. And and what happens with people when you talk about it? Even those who are not involved in homosexual sin, 
they get mad because they have loved ones. They have sons and they have daughters and mothers and brothers and fathers and they have people involved in it. And they, you know, once again, they, it's like they're not hurting anybody. Why are you bothering them? Why do you keep on, you, you know, why? Because of the reality that one who continues in sin, they're not going to see God. That's why I am so passionate about the issue. That's why I talk about these things. That's why on this program, the Marty Minto Show podcast, I'm going to go to God's Word. I'm going to turn to God's Word. I'm going to find out what God has to say about these things. But, you know, I mentioned it early before, and I'll say this again. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I want you to listen to something that that is really just, it's well, it's a testimony to the power of God and what God can do in someone's life. It says here, verse 9, Do you not know the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexual, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. God laid out the list. As he uses the Apostle Paul to write to the church at Corinthia, he says, listen, these people who live in this type of sin, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But listen to what he's writing here to the church at Corinth. Verse 11, such were some of you. Paul, in his letter to the church at Corinth, he says, listen, some of you at one time fell into these categories. But... I love this. I love, this is one time I love this three-letter word, but. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God. Wow. And it goes on, and bottom line is Paul makes it clear that the body is no longer your own. It belongs to Christ. Uh, You're not your own. And and the way you live your life and what you do with your body must be pleasing to God. But the bottom line is, that's where they used to be like. They've been changed. See, that's why Christianity, true biblical Christianity and sharing the true biblical gospel message is the power of God for salvation to those who believe, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. But that's the key. See, it's only God who can change someone. Now, now listen to me carefully. It doesn't mean that we are not going to struggle at times with sin that used to be prevalent in our life. And that's what Romans 7 is about. Paul begins to talk about that. But the truth of the matter is, is the Scripture that tells us, greater is he that is in us than he that's in this world. Greater is he, the power, the presence of God's Spirit in our lives. And he's there, and there's a battle, because the spirit and the flesh have nothing, absolutely, positively nothing in common. I was thinking about this, and I'll bring this to a close in just a moment, but James, in James chapter 1, James says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, for he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted Here's the key. When he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. The word lust in the Greek really gives us an understanding of an overwhelming desire 
a craving. Matter of fact, lust here is used in a negative way by far, as it is in most cases. It's an overwhelming desire or craving for that which is not of God, that which is not right, that which is against God. It's a part of the flesh. And then it says, when lust is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. That's the end result, death. And see, that's why this topic cannot be a topic that goes away. That's why this is a topic that needs to be on the forefront. But again, ask yourself the question, is there anywhere in the Bible that homosexuality is spoken of in a positive way? The answer is no. It is always spoken in a negative manner by God. It is always associated with a warning that those who practice such sins will not inherit the kingdom of God. Folks, that's really what this is about. Because as true believers in Jesus Christ, those who are the disciples, the followers of Christ, we want to truly see people's lives changed. But the only one who can change them is God. Because if they don't repent, they don't believe, put their faith, their trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone, they will perish. This message is an urgent message today because all around the world there's an explosion, explosion within the LBGTQ community, and they want to add some more, I guess, letters to it, but the bottom line is all sexual sin or all sexuality outside of the marriage bed between one man and one woman, husband and wife, is sin. That's the bottom line. Well, folks, I'd love to hear from you. And again, uh, don't forget to check out our uh, page, uh, the Marty Minto Show uh, Facebook page. Uh, don't also our Marty Minto Show podcast on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. I, I really, truly uh, want to hear from you. Uh, we put different questions up there. We talk about uh, what's happening in our world and try to find out your thoughts. Love to hear from you. Email me, martyminto at gmail.com. That's Marty with a Y, Minto's M-I-N-T-O, martyminto at gmail.com. We'll talk about this much more in the future and the times going by, but again, we need to pray for the United Methodist Church. We need to pray for one another. We need to pray for those who are lost, those who are caught up in sin, those who truly desire uh, the flesh and not the Spirit of God. Hey, by the way, people ask me all the time, do you know of a good church that I could go to? Well, let me tell you right now, if you are in the Galvin's Ferry uh, area, Horry County, South Carolina, Galvin's Ferry, Horry County, South Carolina, you're in Horry County, period. A great church to go to is Galvin's Ferry Baptist Church with Dr. Rusty Brown. I'm going to tell you right now, they're located at 16085 PD Road South in Gallivan's Ferry, South Carolina. They're on Facebook, but I could tell you right now, Dr. Rusty Brown. Dr. Brown does a wonderful job. Verse by verse, teaches the Word of God, and it is the truth that prevails. And I could tell you right now, you will be blessed as you go and be a part of a church that truly worships, worships God in spirit and in truth. So until the next time, thanks so much for listening to 
the Marty Minto Show podcast. Thanks for stopping by an apologetic show that doesn't apologize for the truth. The Marty Minto Show. 